Hello, lovelies. Welcome to Lessons from the Universe with Jennifer Hall. In this podcast, you will find that there is no topic off limits and that we talk about just about everything that might be on your mind when it comes to knowing yourself, growing yourself, and the entire process of spiritual awakening. You will hear lots of laughter and hopefully join in, and you will hear the occasional four-letter word. You will definitely hear some inspiration, and occasionally you might even get your ass kicked. Come hang out and see what it's all about. Let's do this. Someone said something really profound to me today. Not to me, (laughs) specifically, Um, but... She was um, finally releasing herself from a toxic relationship, and she said the concept that had been circling around her, that she'd even seen, like, in every meme that she came across and everything, was essentially, if I'm too much for you, go find less. I thought that was pretty awesome (laughs) for so many reasons. But it goes along with acceptance. Now, y'all have heard me talk before, I'm sure, about how love ultimately is acceptance. It is seeing someone for who they are and accepting that, right? Inspiring them maybe to learn and grow and being lucky enough to watch their progress, but ultimately allowing them to be who they are. This got me thinking about an ancient Egyptian story. Now, uh, Anybody who's been around very long or knows me well knows that I love Egypt. I love Egyptian um, stuff. (laughs) Okay. And ultimately, what I believe about the um, Egyptian gods and goddesses, any of the other gods and goddesses, the saints, uh, ascended masters, all of the things, I believe that they are all doors to the one thing, to what I call the universe. You might call it energy, God. Allah, whatever you choose to call it, I believe it is ultimately all names for the same energy, for the same thing. That said, I want you to be able to put aside any resistance to there being any God other than the one that you believe in and give me a minute to talk to you about Egyptian mythology. So their God, their primary God, I guess, is Ra. Ra is said to be the creator of all things. And they say that Ra created Ra's self out of chaos. Now, if we think of each and every one of us as the creator of our own world, being our own Ra, it makes a lot of sense. It goes right along with life school, the thing you hear me talk about literally every episode, life school. We are creating ourselves out of chaos every single day, every single moment from the choice of our family of origin to literally everything that goes on after that it is all cause and effect and ultimately it is us creating us from chaos this is a responsibility that we really have to take we cannot hold others accountable for fixing us for completing us for making everything okay for giving us peace of mind fulfilling our desires and expectations this is not healthy it's not real and it's not achievable this is something each and every one of us must do on our own and ultimately we will have to give grace to the people that we love because if we allow ourselves to be affected 
every time that someone else is unable to exhibit their own self-mastery, we will be disappointed again and again because each of us is on this path to discover ourselves, to create ourselves out of chaos. Now, it is interesting to note that Ra has an enemy, okay? Ra has many forms, and according to them, when Ra is a cat, the enemy is a pep, if I'm pronouncing this correctly, A-P-E-P, -E -P, a pep, a peep. And this is a snake form of the Lord of Chaos. It is interesting to note that snakes are actually a symbol of transformation. They shed their skin and become new, right? They release what is outmoded, what no longer fits them. They, they literally peel off their limitations, right? The Lord of Chaos. Now, it's easy to think of ourselves as raw, creating ourselves, creating our lives, and that the enemy of Pep is coming at us, trying to give us chaos. But let's flip this over for a minute. Let's think about love as acceptance. Let's think about love as an act of grace, allowing ourselves to be unaffected by others' lack of self-mastery. Let's think of this as an experience in which we all hold personal responsibility. We have to be careful not to be Ra's enemy, not to be the snake for the people in our lives, for the people we love and care about. Because as they are moving through this world, becoming more themselves, creating themselves from chaos, we sometimes very desperately want to be the Lord of chaos for them. We want to control it and direct it. We want to open their eyes. We want to lead them on the steps we consider to be the most efficient. And what we do is we get in the way. We get in the way and we mess it all up and we make our lives harder and we make their process harder. We cannot lord over the chaos for others. We must let them create themselves. Now, as I've continued to think about this and discuss it with other people, I have also been thinking about what happened when Ra lost balance. There is a story, a parable, whatever the words would be, of the time when Ra lost balance, right? He was creating all things, and he started to essentially really screw it up, <laughs> right? And in comes Isis. What does Isis represent? Isis represents love and magic, healing, and in this case, I think most importantly, wisdom. Wisdom. So Ra, creating Ra's self, creating Ra's experience, Ra's world, starts to lose balance and starts to screw things up and things start to go into chaos where it is no longer good for anyone or anything. And so in comes wisdom and punches Ra real hard. Not unlike what the universe does to us when we don't listen to the whispers, right? You get the whispers, you get the pokes, you get the clues, you get the pebble, you get the rock, you get the brick, and then you get the whole house, right? Just smack, get your shit together, right? So this starts to happen. And what does Isis do? Isis creates a snake from the sweat of Ra, from the impurities that come from the pores of this being. He is allowing himself to just 
perpetuate toxic. And this snake is formed, this being of chaos is formed, this symbol of transformation is formed out of his very pores, out of himself, out of what he is doing to himself. Wisdom brings this snake that then bites him, bites him. And the pain is so great that he then begs Isis, begs wisdom for clarity, gives Isis what they call his secret name so that she could restore balance. Let's wisdom come in to save the day. Beloved, this happens to us all the time. <laughs> it really does, right? Now, what happens when ISIS is unavailable? What happens when wisdom is imprisoned in our own impatience, in our own internal battle, in our own desire to be right and to fight? Well, that's when the god Tahuti comes in. Now, again, I'm probably pronouncing this wrong. It's T-A-H-U-T-I. I call it Tahuti. I apologize if that's offensive or wrong. And if it's correct, then yay me. But it is fun to say no matter what. Tahuti. <laughs> now, Tahuti represents discernment. Discernment. So, as the story goes, Isis was imprisoned by Set. Wisdom is imprisoned by impatience by fight, by battle, by the desire to be right, by the resistance to change. Discernment comes in and frees Isis. Beloved, we have the ability to pause, to discern, to ask ourselves, is this true? Is this right? Is this really how I feel? Or is it how I think I am supposed to feel? We don't have to mistake growth for weakness. It is not true. Do you understand? We are responsible for ourselves. We are responsible for our feelings. We are responsible for our growth. And it comes by just freeing Isis. Let her be free. Let her be free. Let the wisdom come to raw. Let our wisdom come into ourselves as we are creating ourselves out of chaos so that no one else has the power to complicate that. No one will try to lord over our chaos. And in our wisdom, in our own search for self-mastery, as we release the desire for self-preservation, we will also release the desire to lord over anyone else's chaos. We will allow them to learn and grow. We will be unaffected by their lack of self-mastery. We will give them grace as they learn and as they grow. This is the answer, beloved. It is not letting them win. It is not letting them control that's not what it is. We are winning because we are exhibiting self-mastery. We are focusing on what we need to do to create ourselves out of chaos, and we are trusting them. We are not adding to limitation for them. We are trusting and respecting their process that some days is slow and some days is fast as lightning. This 
is love, love of every kind. L-O-V-E, let others voluntarily evolve. Let them learn, let them grow. Allow them to create themselves at the speed that is right for them. Beloved, relationships are school and the whole point is the self. Not in a selfish way, like I'm going to use and abuse this person, not that. But it pushes us, it pushes us toward self-mastery, self-love, self-validation, self-improvement. This is the point. We should be continually growing and observing our partners continually grow while not judging their speed, while not being affected by their moments where they lack self-mastery. If we graduate, we graduate. Relationships serve a purpose that is life school. It is the cosmic law of correspondence. First level choice, second level, am I learning? Am I growing? That is the most important to the universe. And then the third is that our thoughts about them and the situation grow our emotions. If it ceases to be useful, we will graduate. And if we are not meant to end that connection, the class will evolve. There is always potential for evolution, beloved, unless you turn it off. My grandfather was in the Navy, and when he got out, he used the GI Bill and took literally every single class at the local community college until they told him there were no more classes and they made up some kind of degree to give him to get him to, like, you know, back off. <laughs> the problem was that when he stopped that, he never again looked for another place to learn. He stopped. He stopped and then he declined. And he got grumpy and he got sick and eventually he left this plane of existence. There is always somewhere else to go, beloved. There is always something else to learn. If we love, if we use that cosmic law of correspondence, if we accept others and their process, if we continue along our path, if we not only choose them, learn and grow, but also choose how we think about the situation, how we process that relationship and who they are, then the class will continue to evolve and we can continue to learn and grow until our days are done. Let others voluntarily evolve. Give them grace. Be unaffected by their lack of self-mastery. Instead, focus on your own, being the best version of you that you can be. Give them grace. If you're having a bad day, why can't they be? If you are needing strength and validation, maybe they do too. These expectations that we have of each other are not fair. We become like set. We imprison our discernment, right? We take sweet ices. We take all of our wisdom and love and magic and we lock it away because 
we want to fight. We want something else. We have to remember that the things that we do, we do for us. Growth. Even cleaning the house. If you've been listening long at all, you've heard me talk about my husband's shoes. My husband is a giant. Okay, he's 13 inches taller than me. He's double my weight. His shoes are the size of a man that size. <laughs> okay, I've been tripping over his shoes for years. I've had a process with this for a long time. I thought it was laziness and then I replaced laziness with thinking about all the things he does do. And then I replaced that with this realization that when he comes home from a long day, kicking off his shoes is a celebration of sanctuary. And this was all fine and good until we hit all this 2020, 2020, 2020, <laughs> 2020 business. And he now works from home 90% of the time. His shoes everywhere is no longer a celebration of coming home. But what I realized is it is still a celebration of his sanctuary. And this is as much his sanctuary as it is mine. He doesn't care if his shoes are in the living room floor. He doesn't care if his shoes are in the doorway. It doesn't mean anything to him. He takes off his shoes. This is my home. And I realized that when I pick them up, I'm celebrating my sanctuary and my home because I like them picked up. I like to see the floor is clear. That is for me. It's not because he isn't doing it. It's not because he thinks I will do it. It is because he doesn't care that they're there, but I do. Beloved, we have to remember that the things that we do, we do because we want them done. <laughs> Don't you understand? Everything that we do is because we want to, or at very least we choose to, which again could be that we want to, right? If we give in to someone's desire to control us, we chose that. And in essence, we're saying that we want it because we chose it. We don't have to do what they say. We can look at them and say, you don't get to control me. We don't have to get angry about it. It's just a fact. And if they seem angry about it, they're just being set. They're being impatient. They're locking up their own wisdom. Maybe they're being raw who needs a kick in the ass. Maybe that snake needs to come bite them and bring them just enough pain to make them change. A lot of people see this with their health, right? It, it does come at everybody in their own way. For some people, it's money or love, relationships, work, whatever. But the one that I personally see as the most effective and have seen several examples of just this week is that at some point when the universe has been telling you to do something different and you haven't been listening, it will start to come after your health. It will scare you enough to either change your behavior or not. We all know someone who lives in misery, who could be doing something to make themselves feel better, but chooses not to. And in some cases insists that there's nothing that they can do, but there's always something. And some people choose to be uncomfortable. Some people choose some of us get scared enough to get it together 
I have a client I talked to this week who has a reoccurring health condition, one that is autoimmune affected, but goes into remission and only comes out if it is exacerbated by a combination of stress, poor eating, and lack of exercise. She knows this. She's been through this cycle before. She had been entertaining, doing all kinds of other things, mommy makeover, gastric bypass, anything she could think of other than changing her behavior on the long term. This last flare-up scared her to death. She manifested literally every symptom, things that looked like all types of cancer and all kinds of things. But almost as fast as she corrected her behavior, they all went away. And this time, it scared her enough to make her change. Do you have to get scared enough? Do we need the snakes to come crawling out of your pores and bite you and give you so much pain that you finally give in to your wisdom and you finally do the things that you need to do, whether they be for your health, for your relationship, for your education, for your future, for your peace of mind? Beloved, one thing I have found for sure is that everybody actually knows what they need to do, even when they swear they don't. If I'm the one that puts words to it, almost without fail, people can admit I knew deep down that was the answer. Self-mastery. Quit trying to hide from the things you know you should do for you. Quit trying to hide from them by being the a pep for everyone else. We don't need to lord over anyone's chaos. We should be so focused on being the best possible version of ourselves that we trust that they are too. That doesn't mean that we sit around being treated badly. There is a difference between somebody not being nice and someone being mean. It's okay for people to not be nice every once in a while if they were they are at the edges of their capacity. It's not okay for them to be mean. And there are times that we do truly give up on people. That happens. If you've done that, be honest with them, with yourself. Be honest. I see the change, but it's too late. I'm done. Be honest. Because if you deny it in order to get away, you set yourself up to have that same experience again and again instead of setting yourself up to have relationships of all kinds where we have two people learning and growing, becoming the best versions of themselves and simply doing it side by side. That's real love. No entanglement. Just bearing witness for one another. Two people, three people, five people, however many people. <laughs> Moving through this life school. Each creating themselves from chaos and striving to be the best each can be. Not sucked in when others have a lack of self-mastery. Not caught up in the battle thinking that if you don't engage, they win. Because, beloved, almost without fail, when you don't engage, they are able 
to master their own chaos. And then everybody wins. Think about it, beloved. We choose. We choose. We choose to be annoyed that we picked up the shoes. Or we choose to be glad that they're gone. Until next time, beloved. Namaste.